Welcome to the family with Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brant Bernard. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. Yeah, easy there, gunpowder. Hey, at least you only took a week. Jayla was gone darn near a whole month. Poor Dan Rush. Anyway, we got some great things happening at Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. Read this, and you can add that cool DJ voice if you want to. It's 2020 closeout month at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. Giant discounts in 0% for 60 months on all remaining 2020s. You also get Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty for free. Ah, music to my ears. I love the sound of a good DJ in the morning. But wait, there's more. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company, you'll be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. <clears throat> Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. <sighs> Amateurs. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information, of course, if you're listening outside the state of Minnesota, or even if you are listening inside the state of Minnesota, this is the day. Where the prosecution uh, speaks first, then the defense will speak after that on the Chauvin trial. Here in Minneapolis, uh, we've had 
a lot of different people in town stirring the pot, and I really wish they would stay the hell out of here. I, I just don't see what good it does inciting more violence and all the rest of it. I, I just, you're off. Your mic's not on. Am I on now? Here no, I you're am. On. But anyway, I just really wish that people would stop using this for their own benefit. I know. <clears throat> because politicians, a lot of them are stepping up. It's for their own benefit so they could make more money through donations. and. Well, and it's hard because the whole Dante Wright thing happened like right in the middle right, of it. So right. it like rekindled the flame. Which we of... knew was going to happen. Something was going to happen. You just knew it's it. It's inevitable. Yes. It's, yeah, it's... yeah, it kind of seems like it does. And then, oh, did you hear about that? There was a oh, kid in... Okay. Um, yeah, I can not Egan, uh, Apple Valley, that was shot last night. No, a kid in Apple Valley. Anything. A kid in Apple. Some. Oh, some, you mean the carjacker? The carjacker. Yeah, he was a carjacker. He, he opened fire on the police. That's why they shot him. Yeah. So that's not going to go anywhere because he shot at them first. Unfortunately. I know, but it's like, what is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We got Captain Keith Colburn on the phone. Here's what I'm telling you. What would I rather talk about? The strife in Minneapolis or Captain Keith Colburn? That's what I'd like to know. Hello, how's it going there today? Not too bad. You think you stack up pretty well against a against a murder trial? I bet you're (laughs) you're pretty happy about that, huh? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I I, I I think I'm recovering from COVID. I had a pretty tough run with it. Um, I'm out of the hospital now. Good. Uh, but uh, the uh, I tell you what, when I was in the hospital, if I started watching the news and I take my blood pressure, it would always go up. So <laughs> I just had to turn it off. I know, I Captain. Just, I, had to, I had to shut it all down, man. Yeah, Captain. I, I, we're in the same boat. You can only watch so much of it, and you go, "Oh my God, the world is so crazy right now." And that's that's besides all you know, who shot who, and what the police are doing, what this person is doing, what that. It's just the nonstop hatred on television right now by these news channels. It's unbelievable. It, it really is. It's it's a race to the bottom. Yep. You know, and yep. and, and, and you know, and they're both playing whatever their side of the story is, and it, it's it, it's just you know it's polarizing America even more in a time when we need to try and crawl out of the pandemic. We need to try and find a way to heal. We need to find a way. To try and get away from, like you said, it's just it's hate TV. It I is. mean, is that what we've evolved to? I hope not. Um, well, and you know, and with that being said, you know, on Deadliest Catch, you know, my first few years, and even to this day, you know, at times uh, with a multitude of stories that they can play about myself, my boat, my crew, the fishing, everything else, the weather. If I yell, it's gold. They just they, they love they love the captain raising his voice and getting into it with his brother or the crew or another fisherman and it's you know I, I don't know man kind of got to the point of fifteen second sound bites and screaming and people they're, they're they're attracted to it for some reason. Well, they like authority. Nobody has any authority anymore. You're not allowed to to to, to yell at people anymore. I guess when you're out. Uh, out there crabbing, you can uh, you can yell at people. That's okay, but uh, well, God, you try that at a normal work site, you'd be in big trouble. People need to listen to you on a boat in right. rough seas, or yep. bad things can happen to them, right? And everybody else. Well, and and people don't realize this. Um, you know, the deck of a crab boat is a very loud place. You know, not only do you have the, the wind, the weather, and all of that, but you have the hydraulics, which are extremely loud. So in order to communicate on a crab deck, you have to raise your voice. 
you know, and the guys are working a distance from each other. So you need to raise your voice. Um, so it's just part of, you know, unfortunately how we, we are forced to interact because of the, the loud environment that we're working in. Um, you know, and hey, you know what? You won't see me yell at a guy for not doing the dishes. But you will see me yell at a guy if he's doing something that may uh, impact the safety of my crew. Right. And impact the safety of what we're doing. You know, and yes, I take it serious. Yes, I'm very uh, authoritative in how I go about my job. Um, and you know what? And you won't have a guy on my boat that says that they don't respect that. No, I, I can believe that's true. I believe it's absolutely true. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Keith Colburn, promoting the new season of Deadliest Catch, returns with a season like no other before, streaming exclusively first on Friday, March 19th, about a month ago, on Discovery Plus, ahead of the season premiere. Uh, now that, again, is tomorrow night, right? The season premiere? Uh, you know what? I think we're week. I don't even know what day it is. I've been in the hospital. What is today? It's the, yeah, it's the 19th today and the 20th is the season premiere. That's what, according to this that's paper. The, okay, that's it. Yep, the, the premiere is tomorrow night. Um, and I know it's streaming on Discovery Plus right now, but uh, yeah, they've got a, I, I believe they've got a recap and a two-hour premiere. Um, and so, you know, our season 17 is kicking off right now. It is indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Matter of fact, 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific. So, yeah, 8 Eastern uh, and Pacific and 7 o'clock Central. Of course, I would leave it at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, baby. Um, but they probably move that. Do they move Mountain Time? I don't even, I've never known that. Do they move Mountain Time like they do Pacific Time? Because they're not going to have You mean Daylight Savings Time? No, I mean, if it's 7 o'clock here, it's 6 o'clock in, in oh. Mountain Time, but you don't want to start your programming, network programming, at 6 p.m., do you? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, right now, thank God it's not daylight savings time, because we'd be on here for an hour trying to figure out which way to turn the clock. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot. Actually, you know, Captain, you and I have a lot in common, well, in a way, because uh, you're a first-generation crabber, and my wife thinks I'm first-generation crabby, so it all works out in the end. You are crabby. What do you think? Well, I'm not crabby. I'm in a great book. <laughs> captain, I'm being blasted here. <laughs> you are a crab. I thought I was the captain yeah. of the of the radio show, but apparently I'm not. Yeah, amazing how sometimes you end up with a deck captain, too. I've got one. He's called my brother, Monty. Oh, that's right. That's exactly That's right. You do. At the age of 22, Keith left behind his life as a Lake Tahoe ski, uh, ski bum to seek his fortune up north. Boy, that's got to be tough to leave Lake Tahoe. You're living in Lake, man, Lake Tahoe is up the Incline Village, man. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. No, I was born and raised in Lake Tahoe, grew up there, worked in a French restaurant, was pretty accomplished as a, a you know, a sous chef and saucier. Uh, I got burnt out and um, wanted to try something new. So, you know, into the ski season, grabbed my best friend, grabbed a one-way ticket, backpack and a tent and flew to Alaska. Now, don't forget about the 50 bucks you had, too. Well, that's what we got when we landed in a snowstorm in Kodiak. <laughs> and uh, when we got off, the, got off the plane, it was just basically a little Quonset hut for an airport. And we came in on, a, actually, back then you could fly in on these freight planes. It was like this Indiana Jones uh, experience getting to Kodiak. We land, and there's, to this day, still there, there's this giant bronze Kodiak bear oh, statue. Yeah. 
Because oh. we're staring at that, we're like, oh, man, we are screwed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we trudge down. It's like March 7th, I think. Trudge down to the Harbor Master, walk into his office, and we're like, hey, uh, so kids, we leave our backpacks with you? He's like, yeah, sure. What are you two kids in here for? We're like, oh, we're here to fish, man. We're here to fish. He's like, boys, you're a month early. The herring fleet's not even gearing up now. The salmon fleet is for another six weeks. So the crab fleet, the crab fleet just finished. Halibut's not coming for another two or three weeks. And we look out the harbor, and every slip is full. Every boat's lights are off, and they're all covered in snow. And we looked at each other, and we said, "Okay, now we're really screwed." <laughs> um, yes. But you know, uh, a couple days later, a boat that had been tied up, basically mothballed. Pulled into town, a big crab boat, and uh, they needed two really stupid kids to do the dirtiest work ever known of man um, for a room and board. So, what do you got? One place to stay in food and work 18 hour days or sleep in a tent with zero money? We opted for the bed and the food. No, oh, that was a good move. That, that was probably. So, you were what, 22 years old when that, that was? You left, at tw- you left Tahoe at 22 years old. Yeah. Exactly. And you did you really why why Kodiak? Did you think, well, I want to get out on the I want to become a crabber? Did you know that before you even left for for Kodiak? Well, you know, this is like you know in the late seventies, I was working at a French restaurant. We was during the king crab heyday, so we had king crab. You know, and it was a French seafood restaurant, so there was lots of seafood. Um, I'd sailed down the coast of California on a French boat, so I, I fell in love with the ocean there. You know, plus going up on the lake, but. Um, you know, back then there was no internet. I ended up uh, writing the uh, Chamber of Commerce in about five port cities, um, and then they sent me back, you know, huge, huge envelopes of material. And uh, Kodiak seemed to have the uh, the most uh, diverse fleet and um, accessible. Uh, so <coughs> it ended up Kodiak ended up being the one. You know, since you used the term in the descriptor, I'm going to use the term again, uh, greenhorn. So how are greenhorn? How do, you, how do people know this is what you want to do? I mean, you were already a competitive skier, the ski bum and all that, and you kind of looked for a new challenge. Is that what – are most of the people that come to Kodiak and head out on the crabbers, are, are, are they greenhorns just looking for a new way, to, new way of life? or what, what draws them? Escaping the law. Escaping the law, maybe. That escaping the law thing is a big thing, you know. Uh-oh. Um, you know, no. Well, there's that, that wasn't me. Okay, it wasn't uh, you? But, uh, wasn't you? I promise. You know, but the, uh, but the thing is, is you know, Alaska is the last frontier. It's the last stop. Yep. And you know, there's a lot of people that uh, end up in Alaska one because they just want to get out of the, the you know the sprawl of the lower 48, even if they're from a rural area. Um, there's people that are running away from a relationship. There's people that are running away from the law. There's, uh, you know, all kinds of different people. Uh, but, you know, and then there's a lot of people that are just looking for opportunity. You know, and uh, Alaska represents a lot of opportunity, not only in the fishing industry, but a multitude of industries from, you know, logging, mining, uh, you know, the oil industry. There's There are a lot of opportunities in Alaska. And if somebody is, sets their mind to it and really wants to try and do something different and really has that uh, that drive, 
um, you can find something in Alaska, you know, and it's and it's and it's not easy. Okay, it's not. It is not easy. You're 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 going to. This isn't going to an interview down the down the way at somebody's nice cushy office. I mean, you know, you you know your interviews on the dock, and you know, I'll probably blowing sideways forty and nasty. So, um, you know, uh, green orange come from all walks of life, but you know, you know the people that want adventure like I did, good. The people are just like, oh, I want to go up there and make a ton of money real quick and come home. Don't even bother packing your bags, right? Okay. Because you're going to work for every single penny, and it takes a while before you're going to get to a point where you are successful. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes total sense. you got to put in your time. Matter of fact, I do a morning show in town, too, and we were just talking this morning about that very thing. Uh, you know, you're a prime example of what that's like, you know, being a crabber up in Alaska. I'm a prime example of a poor kid that had no education. Life worked out. And I try to tell these kids that are here this negative message about this, that, and the other thing. If you get off your ass and get to work, you can become whatever you want. You want to sit around and feel sorry for yourself, you're never going to succeed. So it's it's up to you. I mean, you made that decision to get on an airplane with your buddy and go up to Alaska, and look how it worked out for you. It's because you, you rolled the dice, you took a chance. You deserve this success. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I rolled the dice, I took a chance. A little bit of luck involved, um, but, uh, you know, basically it's, you know, like, you know, my dad, you know, passed away a couple of years ago, but, you know, one of his mottos that he gave me for autograph signings was hard work charts the course. And that's what I have done my entire career. I have just tried to work harder than the guy next to me. And if you work harder than the guy next to me and you put your nose down and you go, and you go to it, you know, you keep your attitude to yourself. Um, you know what? You got an opportunity to move and go somewhere, hopefully upward. See, so, yeah, that's why I love having guys like you on, Captain, because it delivers a good, strong message. Hey, I, you know, there might be one kid out there listening right now. I mean, we have a lot of listeners in Fairbanks, Alaska. I know that. I don't know about Kodiak, but a lot of people in Fairbanks listen to this podcast. We have some local Minnesota uh, folks that moved out there and brought the show out there with them and introduced other people. But, man, every time I talk to somebody from Alaska, they're in a damn good mood, they're doing well, and life couldn't be better. They love it there. Uh, yeah, no, it is absolutely, incredibly breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, if you're an outdoorsman, the hunting and fishing are, I mean, the best in the world. Uh, it's just, it's a wonderful place with a lot of outdoor activities for people to do if they like that, that, um, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's just amazing. No, I mean, that's uh, is it everything you thought it would be? Is it more? Is, well, it's probably harder than you thought it would be because everybody thinks everything's going to go. Did it turn out to be harder, but is it everything you dreamed of doing? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the, the work days and the workload are much harder. You know, I mean, anybody that's been out there crab fishing or, you know, fishing, and crab fishing is the peak of, I would say, difficulty and uh, and strenuousness. You know, there's other fisheries that are also very difficult. But, um, you know, when you're working 18, 20-hour days, you come back to a 9-to-5 job and you're, you know, pounding nails or something, it's like your shift's over before the day even started. Right. It's like, whoa, man, this this is different. So, yeah, it, they are long tough days um and you know that's the hardest thing is just you know trying to keep your your mind and your will and everything in shape to where you can just continue to 
plot and trudge and drudgery and everything else and just grind through another day, grind through another day. You know, at the end of the day, everybody comes home safe, get the boat home good, and, you know, everybody gets a nice paycheck at the end of the day, and you know, and they work for every single time they get yeah, that makes total sense. Now, when, is there an average, like when you guys you load up all the, all the gear and you load up the crew and then you, you head out of port, is there an average time you're going to be gone out at sea and not come back to port? You know, we have multiple trips we make. Once we get the gear and everything set up within town, we probably average 10 to 12 days per trip on, on the water, you know, anywhere from depending on how far you know it can be longer because we may be working 500 miles offshore. Uh, but um, so, you know, average trip runs about 12 days. Hopefully we fill the boat, which is about almost 400,000 pounds. Um, and so it's, you know, and then back to town and everybody thinks you get a break in town, but really we don't because we're getting the crab off, getting fuel, provisioning, and getting right back out because we're not making money if we're not hauling gear. So, uh, you know, when we're in town, we're working just as hard as when we're out on the water. Um, you know, there's times when, you know, we'll have, you know, if we're 300 miles offshore, you know, that's 30 hours from the dock to where we're fishing. So, right. you know, we guys have a little bit of chance to kind of catch up on sleep on the way out and the way back. But, um, you know, we go October, November, January, February, March into April. Um, so, you know, about two months with about three to four weeks off. And then generally about four months, um, and uh, and then straight right back into the shipyard, and just the other part of the program, which is you beat the boat down for eight to ten months, and then you start to build it back up again and get ready to do it all over again. Now, did you, did you know when you left that you uh, you could handle the ocean? I mean, you, how'd you know you weren't going to get seasick? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I actually knew that I was going to get seasick. <laughs> well, um, there you go. Yeah, no, I uh, and I'll tell you what, man, Cheerios going up and coming down taste exactly the same. <laughs> they totally do. They totally oh, do. Yeah, Alex uh, knows what you're talking Authority. about. Authority, I I get violently ill when I'm pregnant, and I've had two pregnancies where I've just horribly sick the whole time. And yes, Cheerios are one of the things where I was like, oh, I feel like this will be easy on my stomach. And yeah, they taste the exact same. <laughs> Coming up is yeah, going so, down. Yeah. No, we were actually we are actually at the dock, but the boat was bouncing around a little bit. And uh, you know, like I said, this boat was in tough shape. It had been mothballed, put away bad, oh. hadn't been used in three years. I mean, so I'm in the diesel tank, mucking all this muck out of the bottom of the diesel tank. And the Cheerios are coming up. And then I crowd all the way out, all the way up on deck, get some air, let loose again, go back down. By the third time, Greenhorn Keith realizes, like, wait a second. The stuff that's coming out isn't nearly as bad as the smoots or whatever it is that you're putting it into these five-gallon buckets. You know, why are you taking a break, kid? Keep working. <laughs> Just keep on working and throwing up the Cheerios. <laughs> I ain't. Exactly. And so that does that one goes away, and you do you ever you never get seasick anymore, right? No, I've uh, I can say I, I, I it's been twenty five years or so since I've been sick. But you know the thing is this: every boat has a different role. You know, it's, you oh, know yeah. small boat, thirty footer, this that, depending on the course and everything else. And um, you know, and I felt a little woozy a couple times, uh, but uh, otherwise, no, I've. 
I'm pretty much over it. But, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, the, the guys come back in September. They haven't been up there. They've been on land for a month or so, two months. And, uh, and nobody downstairs uh, frying up bacon in the galley on that first day out of town. <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing a lot of that. We, we went out snor- no. snorkeling one time off of a, I don't remember what kind of, it was a, I think it was a fishing boat. Remember off the Keys? And yeah. every, you guys were up there just green at the gills. Oh my God, I was, so, I and, was convulsing. I was so and the sick. And the guy was like, jump in the water. The best thing you can do is jump in the water and swim around. And I was snorkeling, and I was just fine. But everybody who stayed oh on. God, I was so. Everybody yeah. was no, I got, so no, sick. And I it got wasn't in even that bad. I got in the water. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Why not? Made it way worse. Mm. <laughs> Made it worse? <laughs> Uh, what horrible. are you going to do? Uh, oh, yeah, no, get in, get in the water. You can be sick in the water, too, if you're on the, you know, if you're on the uh, surface. Absolutely. Yeah. God, I would imagine. Uh, how do you, okay, you're, you, like you said, you're 500 miles out. Here comes a severe storm. What do you guys do? We, depending on the severity of the storm, uh, we try to work. And it's a million-dollar question when you shut the boat down, mm-hmm. take the guys off deck. You know, it's hard to really say what that is because every storm's different, every wave's different, every pattern's different. Um, but we try to work through it. We slow things down and, you know, try to work as safely as possible. Um, if it gets too severe, then, you know, we bring the boys in, we batten down the hatches, and we just ride the storm out, you know. That's what we do. I suppose that's all you're going to... Now, i got to ask you a question. This is a TV question. I was watching CSI Miami a few weeks ago. And this this fishing boat came back into Miami port, and so they raised the nets out of the water, and there in the net is a dead body. You guys ever caught a dead body in your nets? Uh, I'm happy to say that no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy, happy to, to say. report. Happy to probably know. good. Re- no, another good reason <laughs> yeah. to fish for crab because the crab will take care of it. That's true. The crabs yeah. would eat that. The crabs would eat that. <laughs> I wouldn't suppose. Wouldn't be anything yeah. left. <laughs> and 500 miles out, probably not a whole lot of corpses out. 500 I miles, think I wouldn't so. think. Yeah. Be. All right, next subject, next subject. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right, Captain. You're absolutely right. No question about it. Lost too it. many friends out there. Lost too many friends. Oh, have you really lost oh, friends? Geez, God, I'm glad. Sorry. I'm not happy that you, that you went through that, but um, it's interesting. So y- you do lose people. Not on my boat. No, not on your boat, but, I mean, you've lost friends at sea. I probably have more people in the Bering Sea that are good friends than I have left that are good friends in my life. Wow. God. What it's from storms, from is there any particular reason? Accidents, boats rolling over, boats icing up, uh, oh. man overboard. Uh it, 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 it the list goes on and on and on and on. Yikes. And I'm gonna stop the topic right there because it's uh it's just a little too much for me right now. I understand so, uh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I understand. Absolutely understand that. I just see I had no idea that Yeah, I would imagine. So getting back to, yeah, we only got a couple of minutes left here, so I want to get back to Deadliest Catch returns with a season like no other before, streaming exclusively first on Friday, March 19th, about a month ago, streaming. But now tomorrow night is the night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time, uh, tomorrow night on Discovery Plus. I love, by the way, Captain, I love Discovery Plus. That's a great channel. It, it is a great platform. You know, obviously it's new. It's going to get even more and more and more incredible. Uh, you know, but it's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to go back and watch shows that you may have missed. It, it gives you an opportunity to go back and watch, you know, uh, you know, like say in uh, Deadliest Catch, you know, 
I mean, I can go back now and I can rewatch an episode that is, you know, top heavy with wizard footage and, uh, and, and, and see stuff that, you know, is part of the history of my fishing career now. Oh, you know, yes. I mean, I've been a captain for about, I, I, I've had a camera on me for more than half of my career as the captain on the wizard and owner. So, you know, it's really bizarre that, you know, so much has been documented. Um, and, uh, and like I said earlier, so much documented that was never used. Uh, you know, I mean, just, uh, it's, it's really kind of, uh, it's bizarre, you know, I mean, we used to work, you know, basically my year starts October 15th. Um, that's when we start King Crab and then go into Baradai and then go into Snow Crab and all by April we're done. And then that's the end of our, our year and our season pretty much. Um, and you know, you remember where the crab are, you remember the highs, remember the lows remember a handful of things. Um, but, you know, now, you know, you watch the show and it's like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God, no. No, they, they're not going to play this. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, so it's, it's interesting to catch up. It's bizarre to watch yourself on TV, but you know, I've been there long enough now that, uh, you know, I don't sound funny to myself anymore. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I get, I, get, I get a good laugh and I get a good cringe. And, you know, and I hope they get it right once it goes from the producer on the boat to the story guy to the editors to the final product that, you know, that they keep it, uh, you know, they keep it in form to where they're telling the story. And, you know, more times than not, they get it right. Um, so uh, I, I can't blame them for that. They do a fantastic job. The camera work has changed so much. Uh, especially shots are amazing. Um, you know, I mean, they just, they found a way to, to keep this show, you know, at the top of the ratings on Tuesday nights forever. And, um, you know, and it's because it's everything you want in a reality show. You know, it's eight guys crammed on a small place in the worst weather, the coldest weather, the worst conditions, not eating enough, not sleeping, deprivation, all those things. Uh, and, uh, and a treasure hunt at the end of the day, you know? So it's, Absolutely. you know, real life and death, life and death type of situations with real danger and real weather. And at the end of the day, hopefully a real big paycheck. That sounds good. Captain Keith Colburn, ladies and gentlemen. Captain, you're a trip. Thank you for your patience and uh, and bringing us up to speed on what it's like on Deadliest Catch behind the scenes. And a speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely. Congratulations. Yeah, thank time. you. I'm, I'm going to need some help. I'm still on oxygen here. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, it, it's real. People, you know, now, being true to the crabber, you know, I went out and decided to try and get it in Central America where I really didn't have medical attention and had to quarantine for 11 days before I was allowed back into the country. Mm-hmm. By then, pneumonia had set in, and so I was in the hospital here for eight days. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, had I been in the United States, I'm sure it would have been a completely different thing. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it's I, I, I'm telling you, I know there's a lot of fatigue about this. There's people who just want to get on with their lives. They're over it. You know, maybe they've had it and just had a cough or a sniffle. But you know what? It is real. And it is still with us. And we've got to fight our way through this because yeah. we want we want America, we want the world back to normal. You know, and we're not going to do it if we keep spreading this stuff around. You know, and I know I put it online and I got hammered 
with trolls and people screaming at me because I mentioned the vaccine. You know, well, I'll tell you what. You want to trade places with me? Right. 26 days ago, I'll take the shot, you take my place. All right? And I can guarantee you, you'll be the biggest advocate for whatever it takes to get this country through this problem. It's not done. It's not over. We need to continue to be diligent. You know, this is like going into the storm and fighting the storm. We're right at the end of the storm. Let's get through it. We will get through it. Captain, we need, once you run for president, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't think so? We went past our time. I think so. Oh. No, we didn't. We had him till noon. Well, I don't know. Oh, whatever. No, he was, like he got uh, cut off mid-sentence. He was yeah. a terrific guest, though. Captain Keith Colburn, ladies and gentlemen, Deadliest Catch, that's, returning tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. That's been on for a while. It sure it has. A long time. We've well. been talking to the Deadliest Catch people for years. We have, indeed. I thought that was very, very sweet. Here's a guy, tough Tough son of a bitch gets out there on a boat, rowing, this, that, and the other thing. Can you even imagine? You mention his friends. He goes, I, mm-hmm. I really can't talk about it anymore. I, I, I love that I kind of forgot so about that, that he would definitely, I mean, the, it's, a, it's a very dangerous job. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. People you, get lost at sea out there and everything else. It's very high risk, high reward. Yes. Eight guys. 10, 14 days on yeah. a boat. Yeah, it's true. I can't even imagine what that is. Some must. people like it. Smell like. Here's me, second day on a crab boat. Catherine, come and get me. Second <laughs> day, come 20 minutes an hour on a pontoon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't throw up on pontoons. <laughs> Just make it up as you go along. I would have. Yeah, what do you mean you would have? So, that pontoon made me probably it as sick as I've ever been. Or the catamaran, whatever. I don't know what the deal was. Yeah, was well, we were on some so swells, sick. but I was kind of surprised they took us out. They weren't huge swells, but there no, was, they weren't. There at were all. constant swells. But yeah, I guess I just and I took a Dramamine too. I, yeah, I felt horrible. I know you guys, Dan and I, were yeah, out there snorkeling around. Having we look snacks. up and they're all like, mm-hmm. showing them how it's like, done. I don't think you're having any fun up there. No, I sure wasn't. <laughs> was, Correct. God. Accurate. No fun oh, at all. I got to tell you, uh, Tom. You guys know Tom Nardini. He was on the Nashville trip, and mm-hmm. you've met Tom several times. He sent me a picture last night. Uh, he and his family went to Key West, and they went to Key Fisheries. They went to oh, Duval nice. Street. Last night, he sends me a picture of the four of them having dinner at Abundanza. Oh, Your favorite. God. Love that place. And you ate at Abundanza with us, didn't you? Uh, the Italian place in Key West. There's a lot of those. Well, it's one. It's the one with the green and white awning in front of it. That uh, oh yeah, I did. I remember. Yeah, you ate there. That place is. He said, "I love this place and I love their food." <laughs> I said, "I told you, man. I told you you'd love Abandonza. That's a great Abandonza. If you if you head down there, it's what about three four blocks east of the the." T- what is that thing called again? That monument that's the southernmost point in America. Oh. It's called the southernmost point. Yeah. yeah. What's just called southernmost <laughs> yeah. point? Well, that's, yep. a good name. that's a good name for it. Easy peasy. Well, let's go with the southernmost point. That'll be a good name for it. Yeah, Which I don't understand because if you look on a map, it's very clearly not the southernmost point no, in Key West. No. So it is not. I don't know if it used to be and then the island expanded. Doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense to me either, but such is life, and that's just the way it goes. We do have to take a break here. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. 
with the family. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at danssouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit SabreHeating.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit of news, a little bit of information. Thank you again to the captain for coming on today. Great guest. And it, it was very touching how when I mentioned, you know, losing friends. Yeah. He said, that's about all I want to say right now. It's not a good time for me. Well, geez, what a trooper. He's recovering yeah. from COVID. He's on oxygen and he's doing interviews. <laughs> he's doing interviews Crazy. with the podcast family. That's, that's pretty amazing. No question about it. Oh, there's a headline that I knew was coming. No question about it. Boomers retiring in droves amid pandemic. Older workers lost jobs faster and were slower to return to the workforce. Well, yeah. Well, so you took a, a career person for in your business and got rid of them? That's kind of weird. You have to pay well, them more. They're retiring. And yeah, if they're Let's retiring, they're not getting being gotten what rid of. Well, they're probably well, forcing think them about, out, some of them. Well, some of the people we know, their businesses were hit so hard by COVID, they they were like a, a year or two away from retiring. Yeah, they just so like, they just yeah, said, not? Not, you know, it's yeah, not worth true. going back because we that don't have true. any business. Yep. The pace of retirements among baby boomers, those born from 1946 to 1964, accelerated during the pandemic. So what is my brother Terry? He was born in 1941. And Bobby, too. He, he was born in 41. She was born in 43. So they're not baby boomers. No? 
aren't no, they? I'm no. pretty sure they are. They were born before 1946. The I don't it think depends it's on. It keeps I saw changing. this. I saw this chart <laughs> do, that said right. like the different years that each you know baby boomers well, yeah, and Gen X and Gen. Da, 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 da. There's like a lot of crossover no, in a lot of yeah. But technically, they would be the silent generation. The silent generation, because 46 was the year after the war ended. Exactly. The silent generation would be basically people born during the World War period, 28 to 45. Which both of them were. I love the fact that the World War period was 17 years. It's like, good God. We do like to fight, don't we, human beings? Yes. We love to go after each other and fight like lunatics. It is hard. It's like, I don't know. There are certain people that just no matter what you say, they're always going to take it the wrong way. And Why do you think that be is? Be mad at. I don't I think that people are just so wound up. And I know that a yeah. lot of people, like most of the people that I know, like the white ladies on the internet that need to just Shut calm up. down. Yeah. Calm down. That'd be good. A lot of them grew up in areas where there were no black people. Of course. They that, that's who talks the loudest. Yeah, and like they probably grew up in kind of like racist areas and all this stuff. And so I feel like they're trying so hard to, like they feel bad that that's how they grew up. And so they're going the opposite direction. They're going like so extreme in the other direction because they have this like guilt, like white guilt of mm-hmm. thinking negative things about black people because they're black. And now that they're older, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that my family said whatever about whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. And as somebody that's always... I mean, you were raised around mostly black people, and mm. we... Well, not mostly. It was like a, a half balance. and half. Black and Jews and yeah. Catholics is who I grew yeah. up with. But, I mean, you were raised around more black people than most white... Oh, yeah, by far. ...people, yeah, in, no you know. Question. And so, and we've always, we've always had black people in our lives, and there's never been... I don't know. And so it's just... I feel like the way that I look at racism and race is very moderate... And that's how I try to look at everything. But these people are so extreme because they just feel guilty, I think. Guilty of what? Oh, that white guilt thing. Yeah, it's the white guilt. Like, I like to think of it as, you know, when you're like me or any girl when they're a teenager and they all of a sudden are allowed to wear makeup and they just like pile blue eyeshadow, crazy yep. everything, sparkle lip gloss. They just go crazy because they're just like, oh, my gosh, something new and exciting. And I feel like that's kind of how people are with this racism stuff is they're just like yep. diving in so deep and going absolutely bananas. Well, because it's because a it's fad. Whole people are new... getting it. They're, it. Being woke right now is like. The going to hot topic and buying everything off the shelves of the teenage years. Yeah. yeah. They just, they do everything they can to get entrenched in the fad. And as soon as it's not trendy anymore, they're going to move on to the next thing. Yeah, they and will. Act yep. like this never happened. Yep. Yeah. The, well, you know, we had this conversation, I think, years ago on the podcast. Like When I grew up, I was... I was not that far from North Minneapolis. No. But it was a no. world away. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had two, maybe three black people and two two or three maybe asian people in my entire high school no spanish people i don't 
Mm, later on in high school, yes, but in elementary school and no, stuff. There weren't none. a lot of Hispanic. There still aren't a lot of Hispanic people in Minnesota. Not yeah. a lot comparatively. So I mean, it was just. It, I mean, I I never hurt. My parents didn't raise me to be against anybody. Probably because right. my dad was in the war and he served with right. all kinds of different yep. people. And he just, you know, I don't know. Um, my mom grew up on a farm. My dad grew up in North Dakota. So they weren't, you just, when you when you don't live around people. That's why I don't make a lot of comments on this whole social media thing. And social media warriors don't make any sense to me. Because I don't know what it's like to be black in America. Yeah. I really don't. And I'm not yeah. going to pretend mm-hmm. I do. Because I've always been a person that believes that everybody should be treated fairly. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of these people, though, it's like, I want to message some of these women and be like, where are you getting your information from? From infographs on Instagram? Yeah. Or have you actually spoken to black from people about this? From a D-list celebrity on Twitter, yeah. Right, yeah, like, right. or like Chelsea Handler, is <laughs> yeah, this who exactly. you're getting your information from? Or are you <laughs> oh, actually yeah. talking to black people about it? Because every bl- black person I've talked to about it has been like, I don't know why everybody's so freaked out I know, and they, so over the top. Like, yeah. they need to calm down. So, Joe from Louisville, how often do you go to Hot Topic? <laughs> is it still a thing? Is it all the time? Does Hot it even topic? exist? Yeah, I Hot know. Topic. I don't actually Joe. know. <laughs> Joe. Hot Topic still open? I don't know. That's what we were just uh, asking. Apparently, yes. Oh, okay. Hmm. Who knew? Let me say one thing before Joe. Okay, what the hell is Hot Topic? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a skater girl, skater boy. No, kinda. that was more leaning towards goth. Yeah, oh, okay. well, they did the oh, goth thing, they did the emo thing. Well, Pac Sun was emo. the skater. Ah, yeah. yeah. Hot Topic oh, was yeah. the more goth. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I remember having to shop Spikes in both of those for you. They're counter for Alex. Yes. Alex oh, yeah. in the pot. I was oh, yeah. such a skater girl. She was so mm-hmm. cool. Oh, my she God. You wouldn't Avril Levine all the way, man. You wouldn't even believe how cool I was. Were you? Were you amazing? Couldn't even handle it. You were unbelievable. Oh, my God. Over the top. One thing I want to say before we move on, and then I want to hear what Joe's got to say, is the one thing I. If all of these, you know, honkies out there in the in the exurbs that, you know, grew up with some dough in their pocket, now they feel all guilty about it, blah, blah, blah. You would have some credibility if you went and just wanted to support poor people. Because whether they're black or Spanish or white or Asian or whatever it is, poor people are treated completely differently in America. And if you think that's a lie, I'll sit down with you for hours and explain to you well, the one example I use, and I won't say who it was, you would you would know this man. He came from one of the wealthiest families in the state of Minnesota. I I joined a golf course, and he was a member there. And he went around to everybody in that club that he knew and said, "You have to understand something. He's not one of us. So if he causes any problems, just let me know." I mean, he was set to throw me out of that club the first day because I wasn't one of them. I wasn't the, you know, rich guy from yeah. the far western suburbs, so I was not as good as them. Well, you're talking about the privileged of the privileged over what there. I'm, yeah, but what I'm also talking about is if these white women who you just think they're going to defend black people, and that's what, if you did it for all poor people, you'd have a lot more credibility. This is not just a race thing. Yeah, that's the thing. They always specify yeah, they do. like yeah. little groups. They don't say, I want to help the poor. They say, right. I want to I help, like, you know. Polynesians who make between five and seven thousand dollars. It's like, what are you after if you're being that specific? Exactly. They're they're not. Look, I've said this before, and look, I'm not serious about this, but 
I was talking to Catherine on the way here, and I said, you're lucky I'm not black, you people out there, because the first time I saw a Black Lives Matter sign, I'd burn your house down because you're not going to use me as your human shield. Because that's all they're doing. Oh, if I put up this BLM sign, they won't burn my house down. It's the only put, the reason they're putting it up. They don't believe that. I mean, oh, it's just absolutely. too over the top, you know? So that's the problem I have. Joe, sorry, I'll get out of your way now. What's <laughs> happening, man? Not much. It's, um, I hear an echo. That's your brain. I don't know why you would. Yeah, there should be a, shouldn't one. be an echo. I'll check my sound settings when you hang up. Okay, can you hear an echo now when I do this? Winchester Cathedral. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, sir. <laughs> no, I mean, when I talk, it echoes back to me. Oh, yeah, I keep, we don't hear Skype that at all. Skype sound settings are probably oh, off. Yeah. I can fix yeah. that. I can't do it now, but I can do it once you're off. There you go. Do you want to try calling okay. back in the second um, segment? Yeah, I could do that. Why don't we do that? Why don't you okay. call back in the second segment? Because we'll try to get that teed up. Can you fi- fix it during the break, Andy? I think so. Okay, yeah. Joe, call back. and We're going to be uh, jumping here in about four or five minutes, take a couple-minute break, and then come back, and, and uh, you could jump on then. Is that, is that right? That sounds cool. I like it, Joe from Louisville, coming back in about 10 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the headline, of course, on all the news sites, Nation Holds Its Breath. Watch now Derek Chauvin's defense team making closing arguments in George Floyd murder trial, which means the prosecution has wrapped up. We now go through the defense arguments, and then it goes to the jury. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of this? you think they will find him guilty of the three charges? Uh, I think they'll find him guilty, if not just for self-preservation. I, I, I think that, that yeah, they're going to definitely find him guilty yeah. of something. You think they Whether will? They're too afraid of the mob to not declare him guilty. Well, That's suppose, the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I really understand why he did it. I, I mean, understand it. well, yeah, the video was terrible to watch and yep. very damning. But I don't feel like this guy, Derek Chauvin, could get a. A real fair trial, no, no matter what. There's no way. That's, That's the true. thing. It doesn't matter um, if he did it or not. It just he's going to be found guilty either way. Well, he definitely did something. Yeah, he should not know? have done what he did. There's I, no doubt I really, about I really, you know, and like I said, I <clears throat> people think that they know everything by watching a video. You don't know anything when you're a juror and you get everything from all the different perspectives and all the different people. You can make a, an informed decision then. I'm never for making snap judgments right. on seeing a video, even though it's, it was horrific to watch and all of yep. that. But I just don't know if he could actually have a free tri- trial, spe- I mean a fair trial, especially with people like Maxine Waters coming into town and rabble-rousing like the night before well, closing the jury, arguments. But the jury doesn't see any of that. They're not sequestered. They're not sequestered. They They're see all sequestered. of it. They're, they'll be sequestered after closing arguments. Yeah. Yeah. So she popped up oh, just yeah. before. This, I if, thought they were sequestered. No. The judge what? absolutely are, should rule this a mistrial because there's so not, much jury tampering going on a, with things like Maxine Waters I coming in. I don't know who that person is. Maxine Waters a, is, a, is a, what is California she, California Oh, wait. She's a representative. I don't know what she did, though. She's an elderly lady who has been she's wealthy. Is she black or white? Yeah, she's black, okay. and she represents a very poor area in California, but she's very wealthy. Yeah, South Central. 
She doesn't live there. But I mean, when you have a congressman coming over and threatening the jurors, I know. Yeah, that's a mistrial. That's textbook what did she mistrial. Okay, what did she do? She, came she said, "If you don't find Chauvin guilty, then we're going to take to the streets, and then we're going to get more aggressive, push back harder, get she in their face." So like she's yeah. always yeah. been saying about everything. And they're the jurors are they're they can see all this. But people don't know who the jurors are, right? They, they well, will. Yeah, they, yeah, they will. They absolutely How? will. Well, right now, Someone no, their, will identity, leak it. their identities mm-hmm. have been protected. Yeah. But people know who they are. I mean, people within the system know who they are. Yeah, their, so their identities will get leaked. After I don't know this how. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to yeah, be. No. I mean, if your neighbor all of a sudden disappears for three days, after, you know, four days after, after the closing arguments, and you're like, that too, and they're they're going to be sequestered. You might think maybe they're on the trial. Well, maybe on yeah. the jury. Aren't they like know. on camera during the trial? I think that they've been they've been yeah, keeping the jurors' faces off, of, off the, yeah. of the cameras. Oh, at least there's that. And they're calling them only by number mm. but and everything. Oh my god! I can't even person to leak their yeah. names. I can't even. Person. Well, yeah. If somebody you know in, on the jury was like, "Oh well, I didn't agree with what she said, and she's the reason that we didn't get the." outcome that we wanted to because it ha- the jury has to be unanimous yeah and yeah. if there's one woman really don't doesn't have to be unanimous yes it does yeah, yeah. it does mm-hmm. so if there's one woman that or a man or whatever probably a white lady that is <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> that She's doesn't agree it then it's like that could extend things for a lot longer and then by the time the trial's done you could see some begrudging angry person being like sure she's the reason we didn't get what we wanted you know i I just don't see like i said i mean violence is an archaic way of dealing with this stuff it is violence and screaming and yelling and it's like when are we going to mature to the point where we can have conversations and make plans and figure out how to actually help people instead of launching hand grenades at Couldn't police stations more. and well and shooting people because they're we do have to take a break here, so oh. what, what, how long is your closing uh, i don't it's not long okay go okay ahead. because the thing that frustrates me so much about all this, and I talked to Dan for a long time about this this weekend, is these people just want to share their little things on social media and just shout into the abyss of people that agree with them. Because right. most people's social media is set to only see things that they agree with. Right. They don't actually oh, really? want to. Oh, yeah. God. Um, what a waste of time. But they don't actually want to do anything. It's like, if you want to actually make change, run for office. Talk to the people that are in office. Become a lobbyist volunteer for something like to actually do something that matters and can promote change rather than burning down a t-mobile like what is that how is that going to help it just prejudices people against you further watching people be violent when you can actually do things to support the community that you so desperately show on social media needs support well that's that takes hard work exactly shouting and yelling on social media takes zero work people just want to retweet re-gram whatever and it's just so frustrating because it's like wow for somebody who cares so much you really do as little as possible to actually do anything exactly that's why i got off facebook i was like like this social justice, social warrior yeah, on, why on I deleted Facebook all my stuff friends. is just such crap. I was like, yeah, I'm sick of yep. hearing about this. Yeah. All right, we do have to take a few minute break. We'll be back. Uh, Joe from Louisville will join us. Sandy's going to try to get that uh, echo taken care of. 
Kostaki Economopolis in the second hour, and of course, your calls if you'd like to talk about this whole situation. You're more than welcome to call in, no question about it. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> 